HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio. And today we're going to be talking about a substance that many of you know. Maybe you don't know all about it, but those of you who cook with a lot of spices surely are familiar with it, and that's turmeric. Turmeric is a a natural plant. In fact, it's a, a rhizome. We'll hear more about that. And natural plant products have been used throughout human history for all kinds of things, uh, foods, dyes, ceremonies, um, medicine, certainly. And the Indian system of holistic medicine, known as Ayurveda, uses a lot of plants to treat all kinds of ailments and promote health. And it is primarily from, well, it is from India, that we get turmeric. And today, joining me to talk about this is someone who's no stranger to our show, Colleen Taylor-Sen, who has written a book along with Helen Saberi called Turmeric, the Wonder Spice, and a much longer title, but we'll get into that. (laughs) And uh, Colleen is a food historian specializing in the cuisine of the Indian subcontinent. She was last on my show talking about her book, The Global History of Curry, And she has also written a book on the food culture in India and a great little, a little pamphlet book called Pakora's Paneer and Papadums, A Guide to Indian Restaurant Menus. Very useful. And I welcome Colleen to my show. Welcome, Colleen. Hi, Linda. Thank you very much for having me on your show. This book is is really terrific because it is part history, part medicine, part and then a big part recipes which i which i think is terrific because it it tells people how to incorporate more turmeric into their diet right Yes, and that was the point of, of writing it, really, because so many people I know, and you must know too, um, know about turmeric. It's been really widely publicized. So they've been doing things like, you know, drinking turmeric in, in milk or in water. And um, I, we just got the idea of why not 
give people recipes so that they can incorporate it into their diet on a daily basis and also have fun doing it. Well, according to the book, you got this idea while sitting around. Not, I have to tell you, Colleen, not everybody sits around drinking turmeric, but <laughs> but tell me how the idea came about. No, I mean, what surprised me, these were not people who were, you know, were into, like, food in a big way or into alternative food, but two kind of people that I've known for years told me, I, you know, told me this, that, oh, well, you know, I drink turmeric in the morning. I was really quite surprised because it's not something I do, but I thought this is not a, the most pleasant way of, <laughs> of in having turmeric, so why not? And, and then somebody else suggested, why don't you write a book with recipes? So I teamed up with a person, Helen Sebery, who's... Um, has written quite a few um, recipe books, and um, that was a great, great help to me because this was really my first cookbook, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to blame you, actually, why I'm sitting here today and looking at my cuticles and my fingernails, which are a bright yellow, <laughs> because I was so inspired last night to say, hmm, oh. what am I going to make for dinner? So I made a, a, a actually a, a variation of one of your recipes with chicken and um, lots of turmeric. Well, not, not, you don't need a lot, but turmeric. And I was, you know, patting it down and turning it over, as I will normally do when I make shrimp or anything else where I use it. And, of mm-hmm. course, walk around for the next two days with yellow hands. <laughs> yes, that's one of the downsides of turmeric. You have to, I mean, because it it's been used, you know, for, for centuries, for thousands of years as a dye. Um, Buddhist and, and Hindu, you know, priests would, would use it to, to dye their clothes because it's a pretty permanent dye. So you have to be pretty careful and also make sure it doesn't get into wood or things like that when you use it. Interesting. Well, then tell me a little bit about, you said for thousands of years they use it as a dye. Tell me a little bit about the, um, not a little bit, tell me what you know, what you've written about the history of turmeric. It really is one of the oldest spices that have been used for many variations, right? Yes, absolutely. And and what's interesting is uh, last year, um, one of the most fascinating, I think, civilizations is the Indus Valley Civilization. I mean, we know so little about it compared with Mesopotamia or, or ancient Egypt, but archaeologists discovered... Um, old cooking pot, you know, ancient cooking pots, and they have techniques that enable to analyze, uh, analyze the contents. And they found that 2500 BCE, the, they actually used uh, turmeric and black pepper in, in their food um, to, to prepare it. And what's especially interesting about this is, um, like many ingredients, um, the, the benefits, the health benefits are intensified by using it with other spices and they've done a lot of the studies have shown that turmeric and black pepper have a symbiotic relationship and if used together this really enhances the anti-inflammatory um, antioxidant benefits and another thing that does is is cooking sauteing turmeric in onions um, before using it and it's just amazing how these ancient civilizations somehow happened upon these these combinations well it's interesting because turmeric I mean if if one were to describe turmeric and I said at the top of the show it is a rhizome we, when we can we'll talk about that a little bit um, because you can get turmeric fresh as well now in the um, often in the freezer compartment if not in the fresh produce compartment of, of um, Indian and Asian mar- uh, supermarkets but the um, if if one were to describe the powder the you know that we usually get it in the, the ground um, source. It's hard to put a finger on a smell or a you know an, a a flavor component of of turmeric as opposed to cumin or um, uh, you know any oregano or anything else. 
No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, uh, the descriptions are that it's got a warm, it's, it's sort of pungent, um, that it's described in various ways, um, peppery, earthy. Some people say it's, it's slightly bitter. But it, you're right, it is very, def- very difficult to pin down the precise, precise taste of it. Elusive, and, and, and I think that that's one of the wonderful benefits of it because then if you want to try to incorporate it in your diet, you can add it, and it doesn't really add too strong of a flavor component, which is, is actually kind of good if you just want to you know, add a bit to uh, to one of your dishes. Right, but you have to be careful not to add too much because it can really, and especially if it's not really cooked enough, it can really not taste very nice. So I think if you were making uh, like food for two to four people, if you added half, I would add half a teaspoon to start with. Um, it's, it's often, you can just add it to the gravy and cook it for a little while. You're not supposed to overcook it because that destroys the benefits, but you know, moderate cooking certainly um, will, will add to the flavor. Yeah. Well, now tell me a little bit about the, the plant and before it's processed. It's, it's actually quite a beautiful plant. To be honest, I've never seen it. And I've only seen fr- pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. And, and a friend of mine had a funny story. Um, Patty heard of the Spice House, which is a chain of, of, um, of, of spice stores in, in, in Wisconsin and Illinois, and really an expert in spices. So they were in India, and they wanted to see some t- a turmeric farm. So they were driven for hours across mountains in this Jeep. And they took it to them, and it was finally just an empty field. And it was like the fallow season. <laughs> and they said, well, you didn't want to see plants. You wanted to see a farm. So she never got a chance to see the living plant either. But I don't, I don't know if you can grow it in this country. I, that's actually something to think about. Most of it, as you said, 90% of the world's turmeric comes from India, and especially um, South India. And, and the variety that's supposed to be really nice and is called Aleppe turmeric from, from Kerala. Hmm. Uh, and, it is, and it's the root that we consume, uh, yes. the rhizome, yeah. right? Yes. Um, much like ginger, right? Yes. In fact, some people confuse it with ginger when they see it, I think, in the market. But once you cut it open, you will. there's no confusing it because it is such a bright, bright orange, a yellowy orange, right? Oh, it's a beautiful color. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, it's, you, use, you actually had um, Dr. Bharat Agarwal, did I say that mm-hmm. right? He, um, he wrote the foreword to your book and, and um, did some research that you quote often in the book. And... And, you know, and he said, well, the countries where turmeric is consumed have a lower incidence of so many of these chronic illnesses that we know, like cancer, diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's. I mean, is this a coincidence? We need more studies, obviously, to, you know, to show the proof. But certainly um, you have referred to now curcumin many times. It is curcumin longa is the other name for, for uh, is the actual name for turmeric or it's the main ingredient? Yeah, the name, the uh, botanical name is curcuma longa, and then curcumin is the main ingredient of. Well, it's one of the the ingredients of um, of turmeric. It's that's what gives it its yellow color, and you know, um, as I note in the book, um, as you pointed out, epidemiolog- epidemiological studies were the kind of the starting point for this. Uh, the fact that in places where, um, like Malaysia or, or India, where they have a lot of turmeric, Alzheimer's disease is, is much lower various kinds of cancer. So from that, it led to studies in the laboratory with cell cultures and then animal studies. And then the next stage is to do clinical trials, you know, with blind clinical trials. And if, if, our, if your listeners go to the, um, the database, of um, the, which I, I mentioned in my book, of the National Institute of Medicine, and you can 
find these clinical trials, and it's amazing. First of all, there has been over 6,000 papers written, and these are serious papers, and then there's like nearly 80 clinical trials, and these are double-blind studies, and so the results are just coming out from these. But the fact that governments are spending a lot of money to look into this really uh, indicates how serious they're taking it. And, of course, big drug companies have tried to patent it, but with, with no, no luck. Yeah. Well, in fact, <clears throat> we'd say, well, why not just pop a pill? But, in yeah. fact, it's not, it's, not, it's not the same, right? No. I mean, um, the, because the other thing that they're finding, they used to think it was just curcumin that had the health benefits, but now they're, when, as they break it down chemically, they found that other, uh, other things in the turmeric, for example, the volatile oils, these may be playing a benefit, be playing a role too. So really having the whole turmeric is, is really a safer bet if you're concerned about the uh, health implications. All right. Well, now in your book you say, and, and if you look online and you do research about uh, turmeric, it seems that it goes back over 4,000 years to what that, of note, as you said, with the pots that you saw, the, the shards that had the, the residue in it. But was it used culinarily or were the original uses mostly medicinal? Oh, well, it, it was used uh, in, in cooking, certainly, um, and uh, yeah, and it's been used, I mean, it's really ancient, it's one of the most ancient Indian spices, so it's, it's, it's been used from, you know, time immemorial in Indian cooking. Um, Ayurveda developed somewhat later, um, the dates are kind of a little bit murky, and it, it certainly was recommended, um, it was one of the, the herbs and spices that were used in Ayurvedic cures, but I think mainly it was just, it was just a cooking ingredient, and and somehow people discovered that that you know it had these other benefits as well. So mainly um, as an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. Um, go on, what anything else? <laughs> but well, those are the two. Those are the two main properties that it has. Mm. And um, and you know they've been doing things like sprinkling turmeric on cancer cells in, in the labor in the lab to see what happens. Um, one of the most interesting clinical studies came out uh, just last year. Uh, this was a, at an Indian uh, research facility, and they gave uh, one group of subjects like a regular antidepressant, and they gave the other group um, um, uh, turmeric, and they discovered that actually the the benefits in easing depression were the same, were, were just as good with the turmeric as with the uh, antidepressants, but there were no side effects. And that's one of the wonderful things about turmeric is that, I mean, what Dr. Agarwal and others recommend is half a teaspoon of turmeric a day, which is what is usually consumed in, in India and, and other parts of the world um, over several meals. But you can actually have a, up to 12 grams with no ill effects. So unless you really take a lot of it, it's not going to have any bad effects whatsoever and that that you know that's a good thing and it doesn't ups- over 12 grams you might start getting digestive problems but that's a, that's an awful lot of turmeric yeah exactly <laughs> and in fact in smaller doses it's supposed to aid in digestion so and then you take too much it'll have the reverse effect right yes that's right <laughs> um i love that that um either i think it was you or, or um dr agarwal referred to people who study the um the effects and the ingredients in turmeric as a kirk a curcuminologist. I like, I like that. Yeah, I like that. That was funny, yeah. It's <laughs> a great word. Very great word. Well, that, you know, it's interesting because we see evidence of it in, um, obviously, in Indian, in the countries around that sub-Indian continent, in, their, in that cooking, Southeast Asia, um, China, uh, 
Hawaii and Jamaica. Now that kind of surprised me. So, tell me a little bit about how this how this Wonder Spice traveled. What happened? <laughs> It's hardly used in Chinese cuisine, and that's one of the odd things. Um, we, we, I don't think we have any Chinese recipes in our book. We do have some Malaysian ones, and it's used in Thai cuisine in the part of, you know, like in Thai yellow curries that would have Indian and Arab influence. I've asked some Chinese food experts about this, why, why it's not used there. I, I, I don't know, but um, certainly Southeast Asia it's used. And, and, and Hawaii, um, how it reached Hawaii, I don't know. That's an interesting question. And it certainly plays a role in Hawaiian medicine and Hawaiian kind of um, folk practices. Um, the only, uh, so it's used mainly in, in, in regions that have been under the Indian color, you know, sphere of influence. The other place it's used is uh, Morocco to some degree. Mm, they use yes. it in, in, ta- in Tajin. Is that the way you pronounce that? Tajin. Tajin. Yeah. Um, they use it there, but um, it, it, sometimes it's used as a cheap substitute of saffron because, but you know, it, it really doesn't have the same taste as saffron at all. So. Right. It would be kind of like the poor man's saffron. Well, I think it was it, you, you or someone um, mentioned that when Marco Polo returned and had the spices, he referred to it as the Arabian saffron or Indian saffron. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, uh, we, you know, there. What's wonderful in, as I said in this book in the beginning of the show, is that you tell us how to incorporate this in our diet by using it in very delicious recipes. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of those recipes. Some surprising ones, I must say. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I want right. to hear <laughs> yeah, Stay tuned. Thank you. This is Melted Magic by Obesity on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. following is an actor reading an actual customer email from Heritage Foods USA. My family and I enjoyed the Heritage turkey. It was far superior to the regular mass-produced turkeys in terms of flavor and texture. Absolutely delicious and worth the difference in price. We will never go back to the regular turkeys. It made our holidays more enjoyable. Thank you, Heritage Foods USA. Heritage Foods USA hopes you had a great holiday season. For more specials on pork, beef, and other meats, visit www.heritagefoodsusa.com. Every Wednesday at noon, Dorothy Ken Hamilton, founder and CEO of the International Culinary Center, interviews the top chefs in the world on Chef Story. Hear from chefs like Christina Tosi. I remember my first day as a real cook, like, I'm going to be the best pastry cook this restaurant's ever seen. Bobby Flay. I don't do anything on TV that I don't enjoy doing in terms of food. So whatever I'm up to in my restaurant life 
is what gets transferred onto TV. Jacques Pepin. I was invited to work at the White House for John Kennedy. Learn how the greats become great every Wednesday at 12 p.m. on Chef Story on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. are back on A Taste of the Past, and I'm talking with Colleen Taylor Sen, the author, along with Helen Sabri, of Turmeric, the Wonder Spice. Um, and, and Colleen, correct me here, it, it, the title is Turmeric, the Wonder Spice, but it also has another title. Um, I think that's what our publisher added. <laughs> okay. Really long, and telling everything about... <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm not even quite sure what it is. Something so. about uh, delightful recipes for anti-inflammatory and health. It goes on and on and on and on, but wait, I'm cutting I'm cutting her off. I'm, I'm calling it okay. Turmeric the Wonder Spice. <laughs> and, in, and indeed, it certainly seems to be the Wonder Spice. You know, um, before I get into recipes, I said we would talk about recipes. And um, you mentioned that it, you know, it was was and still is used as a, a fabric dye and has wonderful uses in industry as a as a dye, a fabric dye. But the food industry has put turmeric to use it not in usual, you know, recipe ways, but in other ways as well. Oh right. yes, of course. Yeah, they use it to dye mustard, and they use it to dye. Uh, yeah, in in the in Western manufacturing, yes, turmeric is used as a coloring agent, especially in mustard. Yeah, if you want anything to be a little more yellow, just uh-huh. add some turmeric to it. I mean, if anyone who's worked with it, as I can attest to my fingernails, you know, <laughs> yes, that or you know the the counters, um, be very careful too, as you said, because it will dye many things permanently. Interesting, you said in Western uses, uh, they put it to use in food industry, making things a little more colored. And, of course, we know in a lot of the pickles, pickles incorporate that for flavor and coloring. But it's interesting, in Western cuisine, turmeric did not really reach our shores, actually, in the Western world. Um, Of course, the British, with their, their activities in and trading in India, it came to... um, to the UK much earlier, but Western shores didn't really embrace the use of, of turmeric in cooking that much. No, in fact, one thing I should have said earlier, which is very important, is that turmeric is almost always the main ingredient in curry powder. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and I, if you do an analysis of curry powder, I mean, it, it's, it's number one, and then there may be cumin, cumin seed and, and cardamom and, chew, and other things, too, but it almost it, it always has, has turmeric. And, and so if it reached America, it was really through curry powder, which came from, you know, the British in um, the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Via, via England in the 19th century. Right. So, um, so, and you, you even mentioned what I thought was really interesting. Um, one of the first mentions in Western world cuisine was a, well, that was actually written down and, and can be researched, was Hannah Glass, a recipe for pickle lily in, from Hannah Glass. Right? Yes, right, yes. And so that was, we're talking early 18th century there. Um, and that, again, is more or less a, an adaptation of an Indian recipe, um, a piccolo, which has now become, you know, thought of as an English recipe. You know? <laughs> Interesting. But 
The recipes that you include, yes, by and large, are Indian or, you know, of Indian nature. What surprised me was jambalaya. Well, we really tried to broaden the scope. You know, my husband's Indian and Helen's husband is from Afghanistan. And we did not want this just to be an Indian-Afghan cookbook. So we really made an effort to find recipes from other parts of the world. And um, we have quite, several, actually, from the American South. And uh, one is jambalaya, and I, I think Helen uh, developed that one herself. We have a couple from uh, Chef Joe Randall of Savannah, who's a well-known chef and cooking teacher. One is pork tenderloin encrusted with cumin, fennel, and turmeric. We did the famous shrimp, shrimp and grits. And we, right. when we make that at home, we always, you know, use turmeric on that. That's a really easy way of doing it. So, um, and then we had, um, I think we had, um, uh, what else? Did we have country captain chicken? Con- yes. yes, you do, country yes. captain chicken, which people know. I mean, they, they relate to the South, obviously, you know, with that. But And um, South African, you have some South African um, dishes, too, the sosati, sosatis. Yes, uh-huh. I thought that was interesting. And Bobodi, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, th- th- those were very interesting, too. And again, there's a South Indian Malaysian influence in South Africa. And then we had a couple of uh, Ethiopian uh, recipes that a, a friend of mine, and um, we also have a ratatouille recipe that a, a southern friend of mine gave. So, But it, it, it wasn't easy finding these recipes because you can't just, you know, put turmeric in any old thing. It has to kind of blend in with the, right. with the, the recipe itself. And then we, we have a pretty, uh, the opening section is on soups. And that's an easy, easy way of using turmeric if you're, you know, soups are so easy to make. I often wonder why people buy them because it's the easiest thing to make at home and they're so nutritious. Mm. So just putting a little turmeric in when you saute the onions, um, it's easy. And then I think what probably a lot of people in the U.S. do is is put it in smoothies. I think that's very common, too. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. That's a a really terrific way to incorporate more turmeric in your diet, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, The... uh, you also, what I thought was was really nice about the book is there's some original um, recipes in a, a lot of original adaptations, but <laughs> you found your own ways to incorporate it, and that is by putting it in mashed potatoes and bubble and squeak. Tell me the story about the bubble and squeak, and then and about your incorporation of uh, of turmeric in that. Well, I'm afraid that's one of Helen's recipes. Oh, um, well, yeah. tell it no, for Helen. Okay. <laughs> Helen lives in the UK, and she's very British. She's from York, and uh, so that was uh, that was her. She should be in this interview, and uh, so she actually developed that. and uh, And she's a very good cook. I mean, I she she's loves to um, to do that. So I'm, I'm afraid I can't give you more information on that. <laughs> we we also tried to include some sweet dishes, and that wasn't quite so easy either. So we have a couple of um, one is a Lebanese. Um, a Lebanese res- uh, cookie called foof, which is kind of a classical way of using turmeric. And we have a, a doggy cake, which I, which I baked because it was my dog's birthday. Uh-huh. And I put. And in India, people often give their dogs turmeric for their coats. They put it in the dog's food. So I, I developed, I adapted this recipe made from chicken livers and cornmeal and put turmeric powder in. And, and her birthday guests really liked it. So... Mm. That well, and you give a lot of nice um, recipes are, are are in the book for making different spice mixtures, which, as you mentioned earlier, it's the um, turmeric is the main component in curry. And if people buy a, a pre-made curry powder, um, but you can also make obviously make your own curry powder, which people who want a particular flavoring will do um, all the time. And um, um, 
and one of the things that that I liked um, the, the sweets I had a <laughs> I did have a hard time with, but I mean certainly for color, why not? But for those who want to drink it, as you said, you were sitting around drinking hot water and turmeric. I mean, you calling it a tea? Is there another way that you brew a tea that makes it more palatable? Well, there is a recipe for a, a, a turmeric tea in the book, and it's, it doesn't have tea itself. It's kind of a healthful dish. It has turmeric, and I think it has ginger in there. And, um, I mean, in India, actually, it, turmeric is really a very standard recipe for colds. If you have a cold, your mother would give you turmeric. And they also use it. They make a paste, and they apply it on, on wounds because it is, in fact, an antiseptic. And, in fact, one company even marketed um, Band-Aids in India that had turmeric on it. So um, it, it is a common home remedy today in India. Hmm, that's interesting. I know uh, there are, um, you know, there's, there's this big movement to naturopathic medicines, and a lot of salves and things are made, and as you just mentioned, containing turmeric. Um, there, is there not, a, oh, I was thinking, um, Monday is the start of uh, Holi, the festival, oh, yes. the Indian festival, the spring festival, and turmeric has a big use there. I mean, the colors, like, you know, throwing colors in the air and painting faces with colors, and I'm sure turmeric was used greatly in that. Forever. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and you see people go around for days with their, you know, faces all stained different colors. <laughs> well, I will, I am, this is my, my fingers are my, <laughs> are my part of the holy celebration. I will keep them yellow for a while. Well, they, and they use it before weddings. It's a common method of decoration. They, they decorate the bride and groom with kind of a turmeric paste, you know, and they make these beautiful patterns and things like that. So it has a lot of ritual uses as well. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's what I was wondering in the early days. Was it, when I asked, was it used mostly as, you know, a culinary use or what? It had so many uses. Um, not only just, not only cooking, but as you say, the, and all these ceremonies as well. Yes, it's considered very auspicious. The color yellow is considered auspicious, so um, that's why it's often used even in Hindu ceremonies. Um, you know, there's powder. They decorate the, the deity with with a little turmeric paste. And so it, it, it really is a wonder spice when you think of it because it has so many different applications and uses. Indeed. Now, you and Helen wrote in the book that there's a um, one tip to buying uh, ground turmeric to know if you're getting the better quality and is by the color? Well, yeah, and, and if you can smell it, it should have a, a, a nice aroma. You know, it shouldn't smell kind of moldy or anything like that. Or, I mean, you should be able to smell that it smells like turmeric. And, um, and as far as the fresh turmeric goes, I mean, I talked to a, a food chemist who said, well, you should peel it and you should wash it. But if you're cooking it, I mean, if the heat, that, that would really destroy any possible uh, contamination. And, and not just turmeric. I mean, all spices, you know, when they come from overseas, who knows? sometimes what is in them. So, um, you know, cooking spices is always a good idea, regardless of, of what kind it is. Right. But when we go, and a lot of, as you mentioned, um, your friends, the spice markets throughout Chicago, there are more spice markets where the spices are out in uh, trays as they would be in um, in yeah. India. So we, you advise that we look for a brighter orange, the brighter, darker orange, orangey yellow or... Yes, it should have a nice, bright, deep color. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's very important because that, that's related to its taste. So um, that, that's what one should do, yes. Well, and if you can get, get fresh turmeric, it's nice. You know, you can slice a little bit and put it in your, in your soup or your stew, or you can use it in pickles. So if you can find it in a, in a big city like New York or Chicago, it's probably very easy to find. Right. And often, as I said, sometimes it's in the freezer. They will freeze the, um, 
the the rhizomes, but you can certainly find it in the Asian Indian markets. And right. You cook with it there. Well, now instead of saying, you know, one a day, have you had your one a day, we'll say, have you had your turmeric today? <laughs> <laughs> and and use it as a as a, a healthy component to to everyone's diet. And Colleen, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank and, you so much, Linda. And I appreciate um, your sharing the the information from the book. And give Helen our best and tell her we'll get her on the air next time. Okay. Oh, I will definitely do that. That was, She'd love that. All right, great. Colleen Taylor-Sen, and the book is Turmeric, the Wonder Spice. You've been listening to A Taste of the Past, and I'm your host, Linda Palaccio. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>